Podcasts are like onions. A good one will make you cry. Today, we're talking about the world of Shrek. And welcome back to Phanthropological. We are here kicking off season nine. If you're curious about our other eight seasons, you can head over to Phanthropological.com and check them out. Or if you want to hear uh, what's coming up in season nine, please hit the subscribe button. But today, we're going to talk about the wonderful, magical, terrifying world of, uh, of Shrek. And here with me to do that are my two best friends, Nick T. Somebody once told me that we were going to do a podcast with layers today. I couldn't. I couldn't commit. I could not. It's too bad. And Nixie, I am here to uh, make America green again. Oh, Somehow you made it worse. <laughs> just, just a little bit. Uh, special guest friend joining us on the show, co-host of the Ogrecast, R.I.P. and only contributor. We have Alicia. Thank you for coming on today. Hello, Shrek. <laughs> it's all downhill. I am it's sorry, I didn't prepare a clever, a clever no, thing, that's... and neither did the Shrek writers. To be honest, <laughs> ooh, zing right out I'm, the gate. I'm, I'm, I'm excited. excited. I think this uh, this might spell some things for this week's episode. <laughs> I'm going to start us off a little bit with some details about Shrek and Shrek fandom. I think we might end up taking a 180 on that, but let's let's start there and see where it takes us. Start out with good intentions. Let's start out with good intentions. So a little bit about the history and origins of Shrek. The Shrek franchise traces its origins back to 1990 with a picture book titled Shrek by William Stieg. It wasn't until 1995 that the film was put into active development. I have a quote from uh, the person who acquired the rights. Every development deal starts with a pitch, and my pitch came from my then kindergartner in collaboration with his preschool brother upon our second reading of Shrek, the kindergartner started quoting large segments of the book, pretending he could read them. Even as an adult, I thought Shrek was outrageous, irreverent, iconoclastic, gross, and just a lot of fun. He was a great movie character in search of a movie. That's from the quote. Uh, the Shrek films follow the misadventures of Shrek played by Mike Myers, donkey uh, by Eddie Murphy, Fiona Cameron-Diaz and uh, follows the subversions of fairy tales and pop culture as developed by DreamWorks Animation. First film was eventually produced and released six years after the rights were acquired. Uh, that was in 2001. It has since had a re-shrectable three sequels. <coughs> I, I swear that's the only other one I'm doing this episode. <laughs> uh, with a fifth movie planned for an unscheduled release date. Uh, sorry, Alicia, you might have more Shrek in your future. <laughs> I, I'm happy to do it. I don't like Shrek, but I like recording the podcast with my friend Dan, who is not here because uh, he frankly has nothing more to say about Shrek. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh, the show also has two holiday specials, a spinoff film with another spinoff in the works, a Netflix oh. series based on the spinoff, several short films, almost 30 video games, and a Broadway musical, which flopped. Did it? I, I heard that it didn't have enough to cover its production costs, but I oh. don't imagine that's uh, uncommon. That sounds about right. Put it in the cupboard with Spider-Man, turn off. 
I quickly looked up Google Trends data to see what the interest in Shrek is like. Turns out whenever a movie comes out, there's a lot of interest. And then afterwards, there is not a lot of interest. Mm -hmm. Surprising to me, top 10 countries for interest in Shrek are Bulgaria, Moldova, Armenia, Albania, Chile, Mexico, El Salvador, Latvia, Puerto Rico, and Azerbaijan. Canada is 30th and the United States is 36th. Wow. So something's going on in like Eastern Europe. Is it possible that Shrek is a word in another language (laughs) that means something else? Like that seems plausible for like Eastern Europe. When we were trying to name the, the podcast, we were looking up, you know, has anybody done this before? Has anybody made something called the Ogre Cast? And there is something called the Ogre Cast. It has nothing to do with Shrek. It's I, I think it's like a a wrestling thing, but it was like Eastern European in origin. Shrek is derived from the German word Shrek, meaning fright or terror. All right. Google Trends data usually is like I looked up the it's like Shrek film series and not Shrek, just the word. So I would hope that they like, they got a lot of PhDs there. I think they might, might've figured it (laughs) out, but I could be wrong. I did look up some information about like fanfics and things like that. There's over 300 fan works related Shrek on archive of our own. Uh, About 50% is categorized as uh, male, male relationships, 25% as female, male. Uh, Most of the work stays in universe, but the three biggest crossovers are with the B movie. God. Sonic the Hedgehog. Yeah, well. And Harry Potter. <laughs> All right. That's like the free square on the bingo. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Top three characters in the works. Does anybody want to guess what they are? Not super surprising. Shrek, um, Fiona, and Donkey. Yep. I think. Oh, who was the one after that? I think after that, it's, it's something like Shadow the Hedgehog. And oh. uh, I think Trump or Obama shows up in the top 10. It's weird. <laughs> okay. A lot of ironic fan works. Just... Uh, maybe. I mean, if they have the B movie, I'm pretty sure those are not <laughs> super sincere because that's another big meme movie, you know? Apparently the ones, the uh, the few that are on fanfiction.net are supposed to be more sincere. Aw. Fanfiction.net's also like the repository for older fanfics, so they might have been written before it had the, the internet fandom explosion. In the, in the 2010s. <laughs> yeah. Top three relationships, uh, Fiona and Shrek, Donkey and Shrek, and Shrek and Reader. Reader? Oh. You. Oh. You, you can oh, be a part oh. of the fanfic, I guess. I thought that was like some German <laughs> name. Like Dieter. <laughs> Dieter, Reader, etc. Well, I mean, when All we... All of Mike Myers' characters. <laughs> The interest in Shrek, I was going to guess Germany, because when we were doing the podcast, we made a lot of, I don't say a lot, but we made targeted ads, you know, for like Instagram and Facebook and Twitter. And a shocking number of our traffic came from Germany. I think they actually have some kind of a ride there no i think that's in scotland no who cares (laughs) if you listen to the ogre cast who cares comes up quite a lot which may be surprising or disappointing to a lot of people who are listening for the genuine information we're gonna need to talk 
probably differently than you usually do because neither of us, neither me nor Dan, my co-host, really wanted to spend too much time finding information out about this thing that we hated. I mean, we, we mostly just talked about what we saw, you know? How, how did the ogre cast start? Especially considering you in particular, I was listening to the first episode today and you Mm -hmm. were very candid, like 20 or 30 minutes into the episode saying like, I do not like Shrek. Yeah. And then that was, that's the first episode. I can only assume it gets worse from there. (laughs) Well, it depends on the episode. I actually like Puss in Boots a lot. It's charming. It's not like the other movies at all, which is probably why I liked it. And it tries to do some stylistic things. But how we ended up doing this podcast was, well, Dan and I, we met in classes at the Second City in Chicago. We were taking writing classes there. They do writing program writing for the onion, and that's what we were taking. And now we both write for the onion. So, oh, wow, very nice. Do the math. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we met and we got along pretty well, and we we wanted to do some creative projects together. So we we wrote and produced a couple of sketch shows that were pretty dark in tone and fit with our kind of weird sensibilities. And after we finished those sketch shows, we, uh, we wanted to keep doing work together because we were like writing partners, you know, we, we were both contributing to the onion and or star wipe at the time. Star wipe RIP was, uh, an attempt at doing a, a a spinoff for like celebrity gossip, Uh, satire but it didn't really last long but dan was in on the ground floor on that thing and so we we didn't really have a lot in us to do another like full-on production so we said hey let's do a podcast that's what all the comedy people are doing (laughs) and we sat down and we said okay i i don't think there's gonna be a huge audience for just another two dipshits (laughs) talking out there so we need to attach ourselves to a large media franchise. And we wrote down a list and we said, Shrek has a lot of content. <laughs> and we Googled and saw there was no Shrek podcast. And thus was born the Ogre cast. <laughs> like it was honestly pretty cynical I, the I whole it. way through. <laughs> we wanted an audience, you know? <laughs> And we didn't get it, but that's you know, <laughs> best laid plans. Always reach for the stars. Yeah. It wasn't even like, oh, let's see if, you know, Shrek holds up or something. Or like, or like, weren't those actually really bad? It's just like, I'm just trying to picture the amount of contempt that you must have had for the thing. <laughs> oh, considerable. Considerable. <laughs> Dan, I think more so than me. I mean, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed doing it. Uh, I did not enjoy what we watched, but Dan, I think Dan had a harder time of it. He just, he was, he was working a lot more than me at the time. And I think he just didn't, couldn't find a justification to occupy his life with more of this thing that we hated. And I can't blame him, but I just wanted to, I just wanted to hang out and talk shit, and that's what we did. So... 
seems very much like that's what what Shrek is really good for these days. Honestly, I mean, we did do a little bit of dive into the fandom when we were trying to promote the podcast because we had to appeal to as many people as we could who would click on things. Mm-hmm. And so I did a pretty extensive search on Facebook for Facebook groups about Shrek. And I mean, about 75% of it was memes, of course. The rest of it was um, a lot of junior high and high schools have put on their own versions of the Broadway musical. And so they made a lot of Facebook groups to coordinate things, but that they, you know, no activity since like 2012. (laughs) I honestly don't think there's a huge, sincere Shrek fandom out there outside of young children and parents of young children. Maybe I'm wrong. I'm happy to be proved wrong or proved right. You know what? That's not what this is about. It's not about me being right. <laughs> did you get did you get a lot of um comments from sincere Shrek fans at all? No, none. None yeah. whatsoever. They must have all That's, agreed uh, with you. I uh <laughs> I mean like I said, it's a lot of small kids and their parents. Yeah. Cuz kids will watch anything. And their parents will because they have to. And the I don't think that the audience that listens to podcasts overlaps a whole lot with sincere Shrek fandom. Again, I could be wrong, but that's just the impression that I got. In in terms of sincerity, um, the most I found while doing the research for this episode was first movie is actually pretty good, which I don't know. I don't know if I even agree with that. But um, it, that, that's the that's the sum total of sincerity about Shrek that I found. It did win an Oscar. Oh yeah, it did. Wasn't uh, wasn't the the first Shrek movie the reason that we have an animated films category at the, the Oscars? Beauty and the Beast. Oh no, nope, definitely wrong. Uh, <laughs> I will fall on that. I will not fall on that sword. Nope. One of the episodes that we did was we went. I went. Thanks, Dan. I went on Amazon and did uh, a real, real deep dive into the history of user reviews of Shrek, the DVD and Shrek 2. Mm -hmm. And it was it was a lot more interesting than I thought, because, you know, Amazon was around in the late 90s. So you see this real progression of reviews that were left you know right after shrek came out to a few years after during the sequels until long long after and the 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 reviews that happened when it first came out a lot of them were very sincere people who liked it a lot people who didn't like it a lot people who thought it was hurting children and as you go on in the years there's a lot more of Reviews being left like, I thought this was Black Beauty. This wasn't what I ordered. One star. My grand, my grandson ordered this on on demand, and I couldn't get it to stop. And no one will give me a refund. <laughs> that kind of thing. Like that's what it turns into. Which is why I say that the fandom is largely kids and parents of young kids. I remember when it came out, though, you know, people were acting like it was 
the f-ing second coming of Walt <laughs> Disney. And I was included. I was like 17 when it came out, and I thought it was great at the time. See, did we watch that in Mr. Orr's class? Oh, man. I, I definitely watched it in a class. It's, we might have it had seen, nothing to do with the class. We might have seen like a clip of it in Mr. Orr's class. It would have actually had something to do with that media studies class. Maybe the scene where they're walking through uh, Farquad Land or whatever the, the theme park is. Do, do lap, dollop, dollop, do lap. Do rock, do Duran, 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 Duran. Yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> I'm, on, I'm on board. <laughs> shows, yeah. up, shows up many times in in Shrek. All those classic animated <laughs> scenes, like that one from The Matrix. That uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Know, classic cinema right there. Yeah, yeah. I mean they they did all they did like Lord of the Dance. They did all the Disney movies. They did I don't know probably some Spielberg. Sh- I was just gonna say, like we talked about it at the time, like we all kind of remember when it came out, right? It, mm-hmm. it was like, you know, intro intro to cynicism. It was sending up all the <laughs> mm-hmm. all the Disney movies and all that, and you're like, oh man, yeah, they deserve to be taken down a peg. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I feel like it 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 like is a symbol of that now, and we've passed that era, mm-hmm. and, and we're like Shrek is not good for anything other than kicking around. <laughs> Yeah, we were coming, I mean, we were coming off the 90s, which was full of cynicism and irony, and this is what people wanted, and this was like the cum- the uh, accumulation of, I guess, uh, a lifetime of cynicism on the part of animators and animation lovers. I think once they got that out of their system, they realized, hey, uh, Disney was popular because it's good. And, like, it's really high-quality animation, which is not to say that DreamWorks isn't, although I found myself hating so much of the character design. Even even though it was well done, it was very skillfully done, I just, it just made me so angry. And I'm not saying that as, like, a Pixar fangirl or anything like that. I'm, I, I'm, I'm saying somebody who, uh, this is somebody who was who forced herself to watch a whole lot of this for no reason whatsoever. I mean, it was, it was sort of the start trick was the start of the whole, uh, uh, smugly smirking single eyebrow raised animal <laughs> on the front cover of movies thing. Mm-hmm. So it's funny that you mentioned that too. Cause I was, I keep thinking it's like, Oh, they must've done something else like that. And as I think further back, it's like, Oh yeah, the Prince of Egypt. Yeah. That's yeah. just like Shrek. Yeah. Those are oh, the same. Oh, yeah. Like, just oh, such a no. send up of a, of a popular Old Testament story, you know. Moses yeah, was so I mean, sarcastic. Yeah, I mean, I actually don't remember that movie very well, but I think there was definitely a little bit of that going on. <laughs> oh, sure, sure. I mean, it was pretty reverent that movie. Very, from what I remember. Very. Yeah, so a very bizarre turn to uh, to go to Shrek like that. Although I think Michael Myers might have had a lot to do with that. So I'm pretty sure he like when he. When they brought him on to uh, to do the voice of Shrek, he at some point just demanded a full rewrite of the script. And I don't know if, for him. if he had a lot of control over it or what, because before that it was just kind of like this generic animated movie about an ogre who wants to be a knight, and he's traveling around with a sarcastic princess and probably still donkey for whatever reason, I guess, to go become a knight. I mean, that's really far from where it ended up. Yeah, right? Yeah. It it doesn't come off as generic. I mean, that's that's certainly true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But then you have like 
its thing was like skewering the other the tropes of the genre that it was occupying and then mm-hmm. it gets popular and then they make a sequel and I feel that kind of like kind of takes some of the wind out of the, out of those kinds of sales out of out of the uh, satirical sales yeah mm-hmm. well I mean it became the big popular thing it yeah. became the big bloated franchise that it thought that it criticized Disney for being and it I mean I, I think it revealed itself to not have a whole lot beyond that to be honest a lot of a lot of the writing felt like angry dads which have have, have you guys seen Shrek Forever After the fourth one I have or Shrek Ever After it's the one with all the ogres I'm not yes. even kidding it's the one with all the ogres yeah, the I mean, the whole movie is about a dad doesn't want to be a dad anymore. Mm. And so he makes a deal with Rumpelstiltskin to not be a dad anymore because he f***ing hates it. <laughs> <laughs> he hates it so much that he writes a thing that that wishes that he was never born effectively. Like, it's like a beautiful it's like I, I just want one day and Rumpelstiltskin's like, cool, I'm going to pick the day you were born. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which, f- fun fan theory, maybe none of the ogres exist <laughs> because of Shrek. <laughs> don't, don't know what he did. I mean, some of the ogres had to exist because he talks about his parents throughout the film franchise. Mm. That they apparently just left him in a swamp and went away. And I'm like, well, where is this place where Shrek ogres meet to f- and have babies, and that's never answered. I wouldn't have minded a, a movie that was just an FAQ. <laughs> you mean like while they were pumping out all those movies and video games, you're like, yeah, the the did you know uh, Shrek? Yeah, I have a episode. lot of questions about yeah. that. He could have. I mean, I mean, the way they went about putting him online, he could have done an AMA or something. How many of the answers would have just been get out of my swamp? Mm-hmm. Probably a lot of. Them. Bad onions and farts. Of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They <laughs> love farts in these mm. movies. They love a farts because kids love farts. Here's what I want to know. So we we got a movie with Mike Myers, but there were lots of people that were in line to be Shrek, and I'm curious what it would have ended up as if we would have had say Bill Murray as as Shrek and Steve Martin as donkey or Nicholas Cage as Shrek <laughs> would have been amazing. Wow. I can't really imagine that. I think from what I could tell Mike Myers is the one who wanted the Scottish yeah. part. Mm-hmm. Um, we were talking about this before we started the show. Mike Myers is in love with his own Scottish accent. Oh yeah. Also, did Nicolas Cage always like kind of act the same way and he became a meme just because of the way he acted? Or is it is it specifically like later on in his career that he is acting in a meme kind of way? No, I think he was pretty much always like that. I mean, yeah. I think he I think he he uh elevated it over time, probably. Yeah. He might lean into it a little bit. Mm-hmm. I feel like Bill Bill Murray and Steve Martin would have been super weird. <laughs> everything everything would have been like really low mm-hmm. right they're, they're not like big energy <laughs> if, I guess Steve Martin but like Bill Murray would just be like very like lackadaisical which would be weird mm-hmm. 
What if Shrek were Garfield? Nope. Oh, God. What if he was? <laughs> They're pretty similar. Yeah. Shrek maybe has a little bit more uh, get up and go, but... Mm. They're surly. They want to be left to themselves to do their own sh- yeah. They Both want like, lasagna? Yeah. Yeah. Sure if lasagna was around. Lasagna has onions, and <laughs> Shrek likes onions. And- mm-hmm. He re- he um, relates to. Oh right, yes, yeah. <laughs> it sounds like while you were doing uh, the show, Alicia, you were doing like kind of a little bit of of research on the side, every now and then. So, what I'm wondering is, did you ever come across uh, the broker culture at all? Oh, the like the four chan stuff. Yeah, yeah, or like the ogre chan stuff. Well, I mean, we certainly knew it existed. Dan specifically did not want to get into it. <laughs> Probably wise. Um, Probably wise. I think the I think the gist of his objection to it was that there is just an infinite amount of it. Yeah, and it is also meaningless. <laughs> yes. um, it, you know, it's a lot of fourteen-year-olds <laughs> playing around with their software and yeah. making memes and. There's not really a whole lot to say about it. I mean, I guess you could. Um, we also didn't really want to attract the attention of that kind of crowd yeah. because they are fond of trolling. Haha. <laughs> uh, yeah, we didn't really want to attract that kind of listenership, although maybe we should have gone for it and gotten any listenership whatsoever. Uh. <laughs> Self-deprecation. I learned that from Shrek. <laughs> ah. I learned it from you, Dad. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> but the whole broker thing, um, I mean, like, just what what kept on coming up as I was doing my own research was that Shrek itself, like we were saying, took Disney and, like, sort of movies, big movies that had come before, and... Uh, put them under an ironic lens, sort of like had that satirical take. So then people who grew up with that and were fans of it in like their, their teens or so, you know, get older, they hit like 20, 30 around the 2010s. And then they sort of start applying that same irony to everything else. Mm -hmm. So with the whole broker thing, one of the suggestions was that it was like a, an ironic take on, uh, on bronies, adult fans of mm. My Little Pony, which was really fascinating to me because it just seems such a weird thing for a fandom to, I guess, mostly as a, as a group, say, here's what we do. We make memes. We, we love irony. Let's look at this other fandom and make an ironic spin on it. It's just Well, do you think weird. they're actually fans of Shrek, the Broger people? I don't like... Know. We we have this weird question every time we look yeah. at, at a thing, and it's like, what is a, a fan, really? And, mm-hmm. it, and it's like, well, you know, they like a thing enough to, to usually take some action. So it's like, if you're making a bunch of memes and they're all Shrek-related, are you a fan? And I'm like, well, probably more than I'm a fan of, I don't know, Mega Man. I haven't made any Mega Man memes. <laughs> but on the other hand, it's like, but what is, is that really a meaningful distinction? I don't I don't know. I feel like so much of the Broger stuff doesn't actually relate to Shrek as a character. It, it's a lot of very 
self-referential type of stuff and just playing with the grotesquerie of the character which doesn't uh, or the the appearance of the character and the appearance that they can make it have which i mean they throw in some catchphrases whatever but they're not the true fans here did shrek breed the seeds of its own destruction like this oh yeah like is it like like this is what it taught people to do yeah. Mm-hmm. And now it's being revisited upon Shrek. The online fandom, though, yeah, it does seem like it's with Brogers and, and the like, it seems like it's more that they're fans of the joke of Shrek, of like Shrek is mm-hmm. this, this symbol to be joked, to be to be mocked. Mm-hmm. Which is which is really bizarre. Like, I mean, after looking at fandoms for for a while now, it's just bizarre that there would be a fandom that's sort of like this meta fandom where it's not so much the character or the story of the movies or the world of the movies. It's just that moment in culture mm-hmm. distilled into this one mm-hmm. image, really. Well, have you seen that with any other, you've not seen that with any other fandoms at all? Where the fandom's like eating itself? Yeah. Ah. Uh, um. I mean, with the nature of the internet, it seems like there's got to be more of that. I, th- I mean, I want to say might have come. Up, I might have actually come up for a little bit with maybe My Little Pony. Mm-hmm. Or, it's weird because like every fandom will have some element of of that meme culture to it, but with Trek especially, it seems like that is almost entirely all it is on the internet. Mm-hmm. I feel like some of the content is the same with Sonic. Sonic yeah. is not cynical. No. What I find super weird, though, is, you know, Shrek 1 comes out in 2001. Shrek 2 comes out in 2004. But you don't see a lot of these memes and, uh, what is it, Shrek Chan doesn't open up until 2012. Mm-hmm. That means there's like eight years between Shrek 1, or between Shrek 2 and people making their own image board about it. That means that somebody looks back, I guess, at their childhood, at their being a teenager, Mm -hmm. and they're like, oh, man, you know what was weird? This. Let's make it into a meme. Yeah, I I agree that I think a lot of the mocking or the the meme-making of Shrek, it, it feels a lot like people being embarrassed of the things that they liked in their childhoods. Um, I know that's part of it for me. I am, you know, I was, I was 17, which is arguably old enough to know better, but arguably not. I liked it and I liked Shrek 2 at the time. And looking back on it, you just like, oh my God, like what, what was I even looking at? It, you know, you have to look at it in the, in the context of the time it was this, Pre post nine eleven era, <laughs> I mean, it came, yeah, it came out just a few months before nine eleven, and then everything looked like an onion. Yeah, that sounds like something, right? <laughs> Do you enjoy hate watching stuff? Have you ever have you hate watched anything else? Yes, to an extent. I don't think I would do it to this to this extent without making up you know making a podcast about it or something like that without there being a greater 
goal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, there's a difference between ironic watching like you would do with The Room or something <laughs> yeah. and hate watching, which you would do with just uh, something that you just get no pleasure from. And I don't do a lot of hate watching because it is super unpleasant, you know? <laughs> it's in the name. With uh, with all the Shrek content, did and I'm, I know that you mentioned that you and Dan deliberately tried not to get too much in the, <laughs> into the fandom because you weren't enjoying it. Did you ever end up coming across like Shrek is love, that kind of level of weird fandomness? Mm-hmm. I, I kind of I kind of associated that with the the Broger stuff, but okay. I I mean I could be I could be wrong. They could be separate worlds entirely, but we we specifically didn't spend a whole lot of time on that because uh, as I said, the content is infinite and meaningless, and I mean there was just so much meat to get into with the actual content. We didn't we didn't really see a reason to do that. Although sometimes when I was really bored while we were watching these things, like we watched all the movies and then we watched all of the movies with commentary tracks and we watched all of the special features on all of the DVDs. And sometimes you get bored. And so sometimes I would just kind of look things up on my phone while I was doing that. Did come across some erotica that I made Dan look at and <laughs> he was upset about it. And I made some of that my, uh, like that was my Twitter avatar for a while was this <laughs> sexy Fiona reclining on a couch in a bikini. But honestly, there wasn't really that much to find of that kind of thing. Like I found it in the course of watching one of the Shrek movies. Um, I mean, if you're hungry for more content to review for the for the podcast, there are, as we mentioned, 300 fanfics. <laughs> There's another thousand on on fanfiction.net, oh, and I, oh, yes. they're probably less ironic. But I don't know. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be the person who's like, oh, let's review all 13,000 <laughs> Shrek fanfics. That sounds like a great oh, use of my time. Well, part of the good thing about doing the Shrek thing is that. You know, you know it's ninety minutes and then it's over. You don't have to go into this bottomless pit of fan fiction. Although the the user review episode certainly could have come close to that, but <laughs> I had so much fun doing that one. Were they, were they all pretty short, as you said, like ninety minutes? Uh, yeah. I mean, yes, and animated movies usually don't go much longer than that. It's expensive, for one. At any point during the course of doing this, did you think of of something you would have rather done the podcast on? <laughs> <laughs> um, not really, because uh, we I I don't know. There, there. I feel like this was a really ripe thing to podcast because there is a lot of content, and we didn't like it enough that we could talk about not liking it. You know, if we just watch something that nobody cared about and we didn't care about, that's not interesting. If we watch something that's viscerally made us angry at times, 
I mean, that's, I, I don't have to tell you that that's more entertaining. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I don't, yeah, I don't know that there's really any other franchise that quite fits the bill in that regard in terms of its ubiquity in the culture and its ability to arouse so many feelings of contempt, <laughs> you know? Everybody knows what Shrek is at the very least. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, we were surprised that, that, that there was no Shrek podcast yet. Yeah. I do find that surprising. I, I, yeah. I still don't think there is. How I came across the Ogrecast, I basically just typed in Shrek podcast in Google, and mm-hmm. the Ogrecast was the only podcast that came up. Number one with a bullet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We did our job then. Yeah. You've, you've brought Shrek to the podcast listening messes. Mm-hmm. I will say that right before we started recording, I was trying to remember the name because we did a couple of episodes that were not Shrek related whatsoever. I was trying to remember the name of one of the episodes and I looked it up and I found out we had reviews on Stitcher that I'd never seen. Oh, hey. But only two of them. And one was, uh, I haven't even listened yet, but this is such a good idea. <laughs> it was five stars. And the other one was like one or two stars and it said, no, you. <laughs> Maybe that was a broker. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't really get it. I'm, I'm happy to have received any feedback whatsoever on this dumb podcast that I made. <laughs> it's dumb, but it's fun. It's fun. I like listening to it myself. Honestly, oh, wow. you think that you wouldn't want to listen to your own voice, but. <laughs> Maybe I'm just just a hair narcissistic enough to want to. I've definitely done that before. <laughs> I've listened yeah. back and be like, you know what? This is pretty pretty good. This yeah. is pretty entertaining. <laughs> when you were doing the podcast, um, did you ever hear from other people who like either were actively hate watching Shrek or had done so in the past? Or no, not consciously. I mean, what we heard from people was like, oh yeah, Shrek. I loved that when I was younger and people hadn't really revisited it or on the other side were people with kids who are just like, it's something that my kid wants to watch. They like farts. What are you going to (laughs) do? People didn't really interact with it on a level that you could have a conversation (laughs) with, to be honest. And they, uh, by and large, did not want to hate watch it with us, surprisingly <laughs> or not. Although uh, my boyfriend, Steve, would occasionally just, uh, he would watch some of the Shrek movies on my Netflix while I was at work because he was thinking about them because we were talking about them. Yeah. And I would come home and I would be so pissed <laughs> because he he's totally f- up my recommendations by watching all these Shrek movies on Netflix. Oh no. But he is the podcast number one fan. Shout out to Steve. Hey Steve, good job. Do you feel like it 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 taught you anything? Not not Shrek itself, but the process of I guess hate watching it or or going through it as an as an adult or I mean, I never made a podcast before, so I oh, learned so that's, about that. That's something. Yeah, yeah, I learned about that. And um, 
we learned uh, we learned a lot about the uh, the development and animation process by watching the movies with um, with the commentary tracks on. Um, there's just so much. Even though I hate the movies, there's so much talent and so much hard work that goes into anything that is made and released on this scale, which makes it kind of depressing when you think about it. That's true. <laughs> because, I mean, uh, I believe it was Shrek the Third had like a murderer's gallery. Is that what it is? Murderer's Row? It had a lot of very talented voice actors in it. It had like Amy Holy Poehler. Row. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm just looking at it right yeah. now. <laughs> Yeah, so. a whole lot of extremely funny people that, I mean, good for them. They got paid. Like, yeah. I would do it in a heartbeat. But yeah. it just, it made me kind of feel wrong and sad inside. Shrek Ever After has John Ham, for God's sake. And, and there's so much work. There's so much wasted talent going into these things. I mean, I guess waste is, depends on your perspective. Um, if you're in it to make money, this was definitely not a waste because this made gobs and gobs of it. But if you're, I don't know, it just, it made me angry. (laughs) (laughs) It taught me a lot about the animation process and how much they think about things, how much they think about light sources and shadow and how much they think about the the tiny little movements of like a blade of grass or an eyebrow or things like that that just i mean you know it's kind of awe-inspiring in a way and then you see that it, it it's in service of this big turd and <laughs> it it feels i don't know almost like like insulting <laughs> i mean we watched the broadway musical as well which is just awful it's really bad is and, it bad in yeah. the same kind of way as the movies are no i mean sort of it's basically shrek the first movie okay. but in musical form uh, because i have more experience with stage production and theater uh you know you can i can watch that and have a better idea of how much work and how much talent and how much how many people must have like sobbed themselves through an all nighter to build this f-ing dragon costume, you know? <laughs> and it just rips my heart in half <laughs> to look at the screen and think, you, these people are at the top of their craft. You don't get hired for a Broadway play if you're not an amazing actor. And this is what they made. This is what they had to put their lives into. And it just made me so sad. Sorry, it was a bummer. It oh. was a bummer. It was a huge yeah. bummer. <laughs> Man, it's, it's so bizarre, though, to me, just that, I guess, mostly the critics and not so much the, the people who enjoyed the movies genuinely, but like a lot of the think pieces that is coming across because, you know, anything that's that's weird on the Internet has a lot of think pieces written about it. <laughs> Mm-hmm. We're talking about how, you know, oh, by 2012, the reason why it flipped around and became this ironic, weird fandom online was because at that point in time, Shrek had just kind of become this this figurehead of, of quote, uh, quote, Stephen Meslow, I think. 
uh, writer for the week, the emblem of soulless American pap. <laughs> so, well, yeah, <laughs> but yeah, but that they would then turn it into a musical. I mean, it just seems like such a strange thing to try to make a musical. Maybe they're trying to ride on the the mainstream popularity of Hamilton. No, it was before Hamilton. It was before Hamilton. Really? Yeah, yeah. It, it, <laughs> I was, it was like after. 2011, 2012, oh, right around there. Huh. Like, I know none of these movies were like unsuccessful at the box office, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like, like you know, parents taking their kids and stuff like that. Yeah. But like, man, has it ever like failed to cash in on nostalgia the way that almost everything else seems to be succeeding yeah. at doing? Yeah. I mean, they might as well, you know. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't think it's like, I don't think people who watched the first Shrek movie are going to go see the fifth one being like, oh man, I had such a good time with that movie. <laughs> like it's going to be parents taking their kids still. And, uh, I don't know. Or, I think there will be some of that. Oh, you think so? Mm-hmm. Here we I mean, I know that I feel like there'll probably be a lot of people who are like, oh yeah, this was crap, <laughs> but they'll say that after they saw it anyway, you know, you can't. You can't you can't pay for a movie ticket ironically. That's true. <laughs> you could sneak in, I guess. Yeah. yeah. I don't know why you would go to the trouble. <laughs> Should I jump to the spotlight, G? Yeah, let's get into the spotlight. Spotlight. I have not one but two spotlights for this week, which uh are a weird follow-up to the rest of this episode. All right. Oh. I mean, one of one of them is is semi-appropriate, and the other one is like, oh, we we talked about how Shrek was not great, but uh, hey, here's more <laughs> of it in case you want more of it. Both of them are, if you want more Shrek, here's more Shrek. Um, one of them is, uh, do you like rhythm games? Do you like virtual reality? What if you were playing a rhythm game that was just 83 minutes of Shrek? Well, that's what this is. Uh <laughs> <laughs> there's a uh, popular virtual reality game called beat saber where you kind of play along to music and you like swing and you have to do it in the direction of the notes that show up on the screen. Somebody has taken the entire first movie of Shrek and turned it into a beat saber <laughs> track, uh, which you can find at beatsabercom slash download Shrek saber. And I watched somebody play it and it's ridiculous. There was a tournament where people were, playing on no fail mode and they couldn't make it past when donkey gets introduced. It's ridiculous. Oh, wow. You should definitely check it out on YouTube. Somebody playing Shrek saber. It's weird. I don't understand. They have to like kind of mime it or so imagine there's like, you have like two lightsabers and one's red and one's blue. And there are blocks that show up that are coming towards you. And you have to like cut them kind of like fruit ninja style. Okay. And they'll have an arrow on it indicating which direction you have to slice it. And you're like, okay, that makes some sense for music. Every time like a beat or something shows up, then you slice it for, and I was watching this, the way that it works for Shrek movie is literally every beat. Like someone is speaking and every single syllable has a block that shows. Oh my God. Like, uh, I cannot like, comprehend how you could do 83 minutes wow. of that, let alone 83 minutes of Shrek. It's like it's like how someone turned steamed hams into a Guitar Hero track. 
<laughs> you you were just looking for a way to get that in there. <laughs> Look, we're gonna. I love the Simpsons posting is gonna come out on this podcast one way. Or it's it's also the light side to a Shrek fan. Well, Broger fandom. Yeah, their dark side essentially. The the other spotlight that I found, uh, which is the weird bright spot on an otherwise dreary day, is Shrekfest, which you oh. can find if you go to the3gi.com slash shrekfest.html. If you visit this website, it looks like you've entered the world of 2001. <clears throat> you've entered a GeoCities website complete with Smash Mouth playing in MIDI in the background yes. of the page. Awesome. It is, uh, it is perfect. Uh, it is apparently been running for five years takes place annually on the labor day weekend in i believe it's madison yeah madison wisconsin and there's an annual screening of the movie there are games prizes and an onion eating contest oh god i i guess it's appropriate yeah it's fun for all ages and is not a weird broker only thing it's it's like a fun thing for families uh, i think i looked yeah. it up and there are people that show up in the low numbers of thousands so like one or two thousand huh. people so oh. a lot of folks <laughs> fun fact that i found from a quick google search it started out as a hoax facebook event and then a group, <laughs> <laughs> and then a group of friends wanted to make it real so they did oh. shrek fest demonstrates the amazing staying power shrek has as a meme <laughs> you know what never mind just forget the part that i said <laughs> if you happen to be around madison wisconsin oh, man. around labor day weekend how about you check it out and let us know what it's like and see if it's as ridiculous as it sounds yeah so wait a year and let us know <laughs> i wanted to see if there was information for 2019 but since that more or less just happened there probably is not it's like a thing there's like you could they had like sold out hotel rooms. Wow. I, I don't understand, but it happened. So check it out. People I'm aware of there being some kind of Shrek ride. It was in England. If it's not still in England, um, it was one of those things where, what do they call it? Body tours or whatever at Epcot where you, uh, you sit in a chair Oh, and you watch a thing on a projector and then the chair moves around and that kind of thing. It's a, it's a 4D ride. Yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. We watched it. We watched just the footage that they show without any of the actual effects, you know, going <laughs> through it. And it was, yeah, it was, yeah. it's about what you'd expect for watching that kind of video without any of the 3d effects or rumble seats or anything like that but i don't know if it was part of some kind of like theme park i don't know if it was just this freestanding shrek thing in england somewhere i really want to know now but i'm probably not gonna look it up apparently good news it still exists Uh, yes in london it's called shrek's adventure Mm-hmm. I'm like it's got to still exist because I went to the web page, um, and it's copyright 2018 DreamWorks Animation LLC. So that seems to suggest that it's real and still a thing. Well, congrats to them. Yeah. Well, what would happen if Disney acquired Shrek? 
Oh, hell would break loose. Doesn't he? I don't feel like Disney doesn't go in for ironic. Um, and I feel like it would like you'd get you'd get a hot front and a cold Wait, front. They'd be no, I I got it. I mm-hmm. I've got this. This is what would happen. Okay. Shrek at Ralph. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Hasn't that already happened? Wreck It Ralph is very similar to Shrek. Yeah, a little bit, yeah. Um, <laughs> is Shrek in Kingdom Hearts? He probably is, right? <laughs> uh, sure this, I think that's the, Dis- the Disney line. Yeah. So probably not. Man, yeah. imagine if they made a Kingdom Hearts but DreamWorks. Ooh, that'd be mm. terrible. I did not want <laughs> yeah. to see that. No, no. Um, Everything would just be slightly worse. So, <laughs> you don't I'll, like I'll the s- penguins of Madagascar? <laughs> All right, so maybe, maybe. Not. <laughs> for which we had to, we had to watch the trailer for that f-ing movie like three times. <laughs> oh, because it was the old, you know, the older DVDs that you had that you put in, and you could not yep. skip the trailers. Yeah. Yeah, so we had. Oh God, I'm so mad at that movie that existed a long time ago and that no one's ever going to make me watch. But I'm mad at it because of that. So now a lot of people were talking about Shrek uh, being the introduction to the world of Smash Mouth's All Star. Mm-hmm. But I first remember it from the film Rat Race, oh, which Ooh. also Wasn't came out in 2001. Oh, oh. Yeah. Smash Mouth get into this many movies. <laughs> I was in Mystery Men. Was yeah, Mystery Men. They had the music video. Oh for... yeah, that was yeah, that was before, right? That was yeah. ninety nine. Apparently, with Shrek and uh, Smash Mouth, originally they like they had approached Smash Mouth, the people behind Shrek, and Smash Mouth was like, "No, nah, we don't want to do that." So then, either like at some point, too good for Shrek, I, maybe. <laughs> Apparently, they also approached the Smashing Pumpkins for the song, <laughs> like a Holy song called crow. Untitled or Unknown or something, for like just to, to do the song that plays over the credits. But a month after contacting Smash Mouth, I guess they still hadn't found anybody in Smash Mouth. They just contacted them again, and Smash Mouth was like, Yeah, sure. It was just a super cash, like, we've tried everybody in our Rolodex, which they probably still had back then. And Imagine you're just coming up. The Smashing Pumpkins doing a song for Shrek. Because I feel like Smash Mouth has undergone the same journey as Shrek has. Yes. Mm-hmm. But the Smashing Pumpkins have not. No. Well, they got Adam Duritz for the second one. Oh, did they? Adam Duritz of Counting Crows. He did oh, the, yeah, okay. the theme song for the Shrek 2 called oh. Accidentally in Love. Oh. Oh, and there's a the music video features a, a CGI bunny with dreadlocks. Is that Adam a hot Duritz? woman is trying to fuck. <laughs> um, did the, the second one have the cover of I'm a Believer? By no, that's the first one. The that's the first one. We got two songs. Yep, on the Shrek soundtrack. Jesus. Yeah, the second one ends with uh, well, the first one ends with. The I'm a believer, and the second one ends with Puss in Boots and Donkey singing La Vida Loca, which was like four, five years after that. Sh- that oh, song was even, popular. It wasn't even current then. Yeah, and doesn't make any sense in relation to anything that happens. We're talking about. Oh yes, 
ironic Shrek Fest, which actually turned a profit last year, apparently. So they're uh, wow, yeah, for them <laughs> for the first time. Um, Leisha, is there anything that you'd like to plug? I mean, you can read the Onion if you want. I don't need to tell <laughs> anybody to read the Onion, and we don't get bylines, so it's not like you're gonna like you don't get bylines. Tra- no, we don't get bylines, Land. so it's not like you're gonna draw traffic to my articles in particular. You can follow me on Twitter at the Alicia Craft. That's my Twitter. I am a writer. I want people to look at the things that I write, and that's what I'm going to plug. All right. Also, listen to the Ogrecast. Oh, we didn't mention the subtitle. It's the Ogrecast colon. We're talking Shrek, baby. <laughs> I, I feel remiss in not mentioning that. What's well, so. a good? It's a good hook. Mm-hmm. So go listen to that. <laughs> Please. And if you've, by the time you listen to this, you've gone through the entire Ogre cast and are still hungry for more podcasts, you can always check out more episodes of Phanthropological. Um, over at Phanthropological.com, we have eight seasons up there now. Um, and, uh, you know, we're in the podcatcher of your choice. Please hit subscribe, leave a rating and review, and uh, let us know what you think of us. If it's just no you, we <laughs> If you want to indicate what that's to, that'd be helpful, but if not, we'll figure it out. Oh, I also want to mention, uh, it's the most wonderful time of the year. It's uh, it's Doctor Who season. Oh, okay. I was trying to yeah. figure that one out. <laughs> I'm not a Halloweeny, but uh, it's Doctor Who season. And uh, we have a podcast going with a rotating cast of characters over at uh, Who in Review. We'll be reviewing the new, uh, each episode of Series 11, and that is at, uh, did we get a better... URL. The one with the woman? Yeah. Mm. <laughs> SJ Dubs. <laughs> it's over at whoinreview.podient.co. Yeah, if there's any any topic you'd like to hear us cover on the show, please do me, email us at nick at the nickscast.com or uh, find us on the internet at the nickscast literally everywhere. Pretty much, yeah. 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 Well, uh, and to the listening audience out there at home or on the go, in the gym, at school, wherever you might be listening to this podcast, uh, let me just say that uh, we are far from being ogre. And <laughs> if you I know I said I wasn't going to make any more ways. I guess you didn't promise that. I did. I did yeah. not promise that. So if you have listened to this podcast and you want to uh, get a little bit, little bit deeper in, if you want to... Uh, meet us in our swamp. What you can do, you can go to twitch.tv slash the next cast. Uh, during our recording seasons, one has just started up again. So on a weekly basis, usually on Mondays, usually around 8 p.m., go over to, to twitch.tv slash the next cast. Uh, you might want to check out that Twitter at the next cast to see exactly where we are going to be on. But can, you can come over there to twitch.tv slash the next cast and see us live recording these episodes with our guests, with ourselves, with our topics, and you can participate in the conversation, throw some questions into the chat, throw some maybe answers into the chat. That would be a, a welcome twist. Or you could also participate in what might be the uh, uh, well, host, if not fan favorite part of the show, 
the famous last the famous last words Apparently those were not the last words. That uh, that's right. Famous last words where we have the chance to say something about the topic that we're doing next week before we've done any of the prep work on that topic. We, it might be something we know about. It's more than likely something we know absolutely nothing about. Next week, we will be talking about the fans and fandom of a video game series often associated with a, a group called Team Ico, who's created... Ico, Shadow of the Colossus, and The Last Guardian, a series of games that are on the, the PlayStation series of consoles. Uh, so the question is, uh, what is everybody's famous last words around uh, Team Ico games? Just throwing out for clarification. Um, so that's like uh, Ico or Ico itself, Shadow of the Colossus, and The Last Guardian. Yeah, I, I did say that. Oh, well, never mind. <laughs> I am I am paying so much attention. I'm oh, yeah, not paying great. any at all. Amazing. <laughs> all right, I got one. Go for get it. Out, get out in front of this. Uh, we're fans thrilled to have the game featured in the um, pretty heavy, heavy drama starring Adam Sandler called Rain Over Me. Um, I've I- never even heard of that movie. So, it, was, it was one of his dramas, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, him and Don Cheadle. Oh, wow. Oh, that is not what I would expect at all. Yeah. An American buddy drama? <laughs> I don't know if you can call it a buddy drama. <laughs> I mean, I guess. Like beaches? <laughs> Nursing beaches. Is that a buddy drama? Sort of. All right, I'm going to ask a, a I'm going to make a dumb famous last words. What are the odds of any of the Team Ico characters showing up in the new Smash? Hmm. Mm. Uh very yeah, I'm think of that, but you know what? That's that's my job to find out for next next week. Man, oh man. All right. I've got I, I will I will admit I've got a little bit of I mean, I guess second-hand experience of at least Shadow of the Colossus, so I'm going to ask something specific to that game, although I could apply to any of them. Is there a concept album, a fan-made concept album out there? Even more specifically, uh, where each track represents one of the different colossi that you uh, you fight in the game. And uh, Alicia... You are welcome to bow out, but you can also make us do some research for next week if you like. If I hadn't seen that movie, I would have bowed out. (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah, I mean, I have no idea what any of those games are about. Um, uh, here it is. Uh, do you like games? (laughs) Okay. It is recorded. We will have to we will do some research into that and get back to you. Wonderful. <laughs> Alright. Wraps it up. The only thing left to say is thank you very much, Alicia, for coming on. Oh, of course you're it welcome. Was, <laughs> it was illuminating. It was mm-hmm. Yeah. I learned I learned a lot of wasn't it? It's okay. it's like we we had this illuminated book of kales and uh Ooh. you know, did some things to it. 
as if we've been able to peel back a layers of some kind of no. vegetable. Uh, why did I start? Nope. I think Kale is overrated, personally. <laughs> God. Not really a huge I'm fan Drain of this swamp. <laughs> <laughs> Not really a fan of quinoa, either. But, um... Uh, that's all for us. So until next time, we'll talk to you next time. Goodbye, everybody. For what it's worth, we also watched Deliverance in that class. Yeah. Oh, wow. Well... Did we watch the whole thing? Wasn't it just like the first? I don't think we watched. Uh, we certainly minutes. didn't watch the infamous scene. Yeah, I was gonna say. Uh, we watched Wait, some it of. Was it. a Catholic school, but uh, I don't know why we watched it. Do you remember at all? Am I allowed to cuss? By the oh, way, because yeah. I'm going to, and there's not really a lot we can do about it. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. You might, you might get you might get beeped. But, uh, okay.